You're listening to Joe Radio Live. Positive and motivational content just for you. Do enjoy and share. Joe Radio Live is a community where you will find lots of helpful info to positively impact our listeners. You can help by sharing Joe Radio Live daily with at least one person. I said to myself, Shamsa, you have two choices today. One, you can either get raped now, or you can just go with it um, so that it doesn't happen in a violent way. remained a virgin because I was absolutely terrified of sex. I was terrified of being ripped. So I thought, how would it work for someone who's, who's had a procedure like mine? Do I let him cut it? Or do I t t take myself to a hospital beforehand? But then you're shamed for that as well. Young girls who go to hospitals to try to open themselves up or have reconstruction surgery are shamed because it's like what's done is done now. You shouldn't want to change it. Just wait for your husband. If a woman had experienced FGM and she gets married, <laughs> they either take scissors, knife, something to open that person up. Um, in some cases it is done in hospitals and in other cases the man just gets to open um, the present that he was given um, because it's shut it's like it's like a present you know it's, it's not just a wife it's, it's, a, it's a gift you know you know her virginity her womanhood everything has been kept for that one particular man but when I was 17 years old I took a gap year and I decided to go to Somalia and at the time, uh, Al-Shabaab were there. Not only did I witness um, Al-Shabaab do horrendous things um, to people, but I also met my family members, uh, one of them being my uncle, who came to pick me up from um, the city that I lived in and took me to his city that he lived in called Marka Ade, uh, or Marka. Um, and as soon as I got there, there were me grown men interested in marrying me. And not because of me, but because of my British passport. It was, you know, oh, we would want you to get married. Um, you know, you're a grown woman now, you should consider it. And I'm like, I didn't come here for a marriage. That's, it's just, that's not what I came here for. I came to meet my family, to get to, um, you know, to embrace my culture, to, you know, get to know my land and my people. But I said, marriage is not what I came here for. And by this time, I was very opinionated. But because Al-Shabaab was there, I had to tone it down by a thousand. 
so I was not fully myself. Um, I remember I was in a shower and I had a, I heard a massive knock on the door, like, and I'm like, you know, what's up? And my cousin said, my female cousin was like, you know, my uncle's calling you, this food is ready. And this was by far the best treatment that I got since I got there. Um, they had all types of food um, and a strange man. So he was sat down with my uncle and I'm not supposed to be in the same room, right, as a strange man, a man that I don't know. So my uncle told me to sit down. So I sat down and he said, um, this is the man that I want you to get married to. So I looked over and I said, no, thank you. Like I was ordering a pizza. It's like, no, thank you. And they started eating and they started telling me facts about this person. So he's my auntie's son and my mom's sister's son. <laughs> And the second one was, um, he's two years younger than me. So at the time I was 17 and I think he was 15 and everything happened so fast. I got dressed up in this ugly green dress with little sequences on it. My uncle gave us his bedroom, you know, the master bedroom. So when you get married, you have to stay in that room for seven days with your husband. Yeah, the only way you could leave that room is if you're going to shower, if you're going to do wudu, which is get ready for a prayer. That's, that's it. <laughs> you can't. Everything else you do in that room. You can't. You're not allowed to go outside. You're not allowed to go to the town or market. You're not allowed to speak to people. It's just you and that person. I was put in the room first. Um, waited I think half an hour to an hour but and this is I was 18 by then so when I got married I had just turned 18 and I remember him coming in and the whole time I was in that room I was thinking how are you gonna escape how are you going to leave <laughs> and all the things that can happen if I try to escape. Where I was sat, there was a huge cupboard um, with like a mirror and I was, you know, reminiscing, looking at myself in that mirror, reevaluating my whole life. Um, and then he comes in, stands dead, like the mirror that I was looking at, because I was daydreaming. So when he'd come in, I, I didn't even <laughs> notice. So he'd come in and he went, past me and he stood right in front of me and bear in mind I have never seen a male genitals ever in my life till that day and he's in Somalia we have ma'awis it's literally a, a material that men wrap around their waist and he was wearing a shirt and he just dropped it because he just, on, just dropped it and I I didn't know, like, have you ever seen something so ridiculous that you don't know whether to laugh or cry? Like, it, it, I was shocked, I wasn't expecting it, so I didn't know whether to, I genuinely didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Because one is, how could you just, it was very, 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 very unusual. I did, I was in shock. 
and I didn't know what to do, so I just literally just stood still. I did not move from my position. And then again, my 80-year-old mind is trying to get out of it. So I said to him, could you help me take these pins out? Because they've done this hairstyle that requires so much pins in your hair, and it was hurting me. So I asked him to come help, um, and butt naked, he did. And then whilst he was helping, again, I was trying to think of a way to get out. Ah. Oh. I said to myself, Shamsa, you have two choices today. One, you can either get raped now, or you can just go with it um, so that it doesn't happen in a violent way. Just, just let it happen, and then tomorrow you can just tell him to, you know, leave me alone. You know, don't touch me. Um, so I let it happen. But like I said, I was a virgin and I also was sewn. And when I say I was tearing, it was the smallest bit. Um, and what he did is, <sighs> as hard as I tried, as much as I tried, I, I couldn't deal with the pain. The pain was over, overwhelming. It was crippling my whole entire body. So I told him to stop. Uh, I tried to get him off me. It didn't work. Um, so my first experience of um, sex was unfortunately through um, rape. And I remember the seven days that I was in there. After the first day, I felt so numb and so scared, even more scared than I was before because I thought, okay, like these people would go through any length, any length to get what they want. And even though I'm a strong person and I, although I, you know, express how I'm feeling and I fight for what is right. I couldn't do any of that there. I couldn't. I was honestly forced into silence after the first day. This woman came to visit me to check whether we had had sex or not. And all I could say was, yeah. That's it. And she's like, well done. You know, you've made your husband really happy. Day two, I was raped. Day three of my honeymoon, I was raped four. And then the fourth day, I don't know what he did um, to my insides, but he caused so much damage that I could not um, urinate. I couldn't before. <laughs> it wasn't easy before. Like whenever I would go to the toilet, the smallest amount would come out and the rest I could feel would shoot back up. And I would lay down on the floor because I couldn't, I could, phys I could not, my body couldn't handle it. None of them wanted to take me to a hospital. Nobody paid for, um, for any type of treatment. I didn't get any treatments. I, I, I lived with my internal trauma or internal damage. I lived with it. On the fourth day, because of the damage that had 
been done to me, internal and external. I told him, if you touch me, like, we're going to have issues. Don't touch, don't touch me, don't touch me. I think for the first time I spoke up for myself and he kind of got scared a little, not scared, but he's like, you know, sh shocked him a little bit. Um, and f for the remaining three days, he didn't touch me. However, after the seven days was finished, um, uh, after the seven days was finished, I was kicked out of my uncle's house. He himself kicked me out because he did what he wanted to do, which was marry me off to somebody and then chuck me. Like I was like of no worth to him anymore. As soon as we moved out, he, the one that was considered, I consider him my rapist, others would consider him my husband. He would go back to my uncle whenever I refused to have sex or to cook or to clean. Um, and the advice that my uncle had was, take everything you want by force, and if she refuses, hit her. So, apart from those three days that I used my voice in order to leave, to get him to leave me alone, those were the three days that I had a break. After that, it was continuous, never-ending cycle of just sexual assaults. Throughout our marriage, um, it was, I think, eight to nine months. And I was raped continuously. I was beaten. I was shoved. The fourth time he beat me was what I considered the worst, because uh, not only was I on my period, but I believe I had a really bad infection from the regular sexual assaults um, and the previous um, damage that was done during the honeymoon. <coughs> it all kind of added up, and that day I was, I really wasn't myself. So when I woke up, he just, I, I, I didn't know what it was. I just felt weight on me. And because we didn't have an uh, argument prior, I wasn't waiting. I wasn't expecting it. Um, it kind of happened out of the blue. So he was on top of me and he was, he started punching like my head, my face, my chest, my stomach and just worked his way down. He picked a day where I was unable to move, a day where I could not defend myself, a day where I was so weak that I couldn't even lift the finger. Um, and before he did any of that, he hid everything in my kitchen. Knives, plates, like anything that I could use against him or to hurt him, he hid. But because I had such a fear of these terrorists that were living in the country at the time, I thought, I can't even kill this man. I can't harm this man in any way. Because if I do, I'll die. Uh, I can't escape. I can't defend myself because if I do, I'll end up in prison. So I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do? I remember when he was done, he left the room so fast. And I barricaded myself 
into my room. I would rather die than continue to live like this. And I, there were two couples living in the same house in a different room. So I called out to them and took their phone and I called my mom. And the first thing I said is, is this what you wanted from me? And she's like, what, the, what are you talking about? And I said, is this what you wanted from me? For me to be beaten, forced into a marriage. My mom didn't know about the forced marriage. She didn't know what I was being subjected to. They actually tried to turn her against me. And she goes to me, okay, if this is what's happening, she goes, we need to get you out of there. And she told me, you're sick, right? Because I told her that I'm ill, but I haven't had um, any medical treatment. So she said, make it, she's like, go to your husband, make it seem like everything is fine, right? Even have sex with him if you have to, right? Make it seem like everything is good, you are in a good place with him, you've forgiven him for everything, so that he doesn't suspect that you're leaving, right? I wore a big hijab, like from head to toe, huge. Um, I wore a niqab or a burqa, they call it. Um, I wore gloves, I wore socks. Um, I was totally covered up from head to toe. And from checkpoint to checkpoint to checkpoint to checkpoint. It was nothing. It was, you know, inspecting the driver. They didn't ask any of the females to take off their clothing or the garments. So I was like, okay. And then, but I knew until I got to the border um, controlled by the government that I was still not safe. So I didn't say a word to anybody on the bus um, because I knew that they would notice that my Somali is completely different from theirs. No, then they could see that I'm not from here or I'm new to back to the country. So I kept my mouth shut and I just constantly prayed, 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 prayed. Um, and I think that's why they left me alone because I might have been doing it loud. I got to Mogadishu and my two aunties were waiting for me there. These were women. Women were standing up for me. My aunties, whilst my uncles were the ones that were putting me down. Finally, we came back to London in 2012. I found out, because my brother came to get me, I found out that my mother, whilst I was going through all of that, when she was suffering from uh, a brain tumor and it was stage four and it was it was aggressive and um, I came on the first my mom died on the 7th of February. Exactly seven days of me being in the country. And 
out of all my experiences, I think this upsets me the most. This is the one that makes me emotional because this is someone that saved my life. This is someone that I love, that I grew up with, that I treasured. And she was the only person that I wanted to talk to about everything that happened. And she was taken like that. So how are you now? Um, I'm good. Um, I haven't fully healed um, because I haven't had therapy. Um, it's something that I am actively looking to receive now. Um, but I have a beautiful baby girl that has completely changed my me. <laughs> she's, re she's really changed me. Um, she brought hope and love into my life. Having a daughter made me realize that now I need to do my part in healing myself, uh, working to heal me, um, whilst also ensuring that I don't hand down generational trauma to my child. So I can't, I can't even tell you how far I have come. I had such a negative, negative outlook on life. I had trust issues. Um, I had abandonment issues. I was a people pleaser. I wanted to please everyone. I wanted to feel accepted, to feel loved. Um, but I never got any of those. And when my daughter came, it was, my life was filled with so much love and laughter. After my mother passed away, I could not mentally handle my community. I could not handle my family. Um, so I moved to a town where no one knew who I was. Um, it was myself and my daughter. I did not know anybody um, in that town. And I started a new life from scratch, just like my mom told me. And honestly, that is the best thing that I have ever done for my mental health, is to move away from that toxic energy and the people who were you know, responsible for the way that I was feeling and the family that was supposed to protect me, who completely abandoned me at the time that I needed them and rather blamed me. I also started learning about my religion, Islam, and a lot of the things like FGM, forced marriage, marital rape, uh, being beaten, were all told to me that it was accepted in Islam, which is complete and utter Anybody that tells you that marital rape is okay is lying. It is not acceptable in Islam in any way, shape, or form. It's a cultural thing. They think that it's acceptable in culture because they're so used to um, violating women. They're so used to uh, violence against women that they think, you know, you're just, this, she's just another property. 
I feel really sad for the people that, the young women that don't have a voice, the ones that feel trapped, the ones that are afraid of shame, the ones that are afraid of being shamed for them being sexually assaulted, for them being domestically abused, for um, them being uh, attacked. It's not okay to shame, and it's definitely not okay to silence a woman. You have a, if you have a voice, use it. He looked young, he did look young, but it was after the, the marriage that I knew that he was twice my age, so I was 15, he was 30. I knew, I knew he was gonna rape me, and that's what happened, and it, it became like every single day. Thank you for listening to Joe Radio. Join us in our next program. Remember, don't just exist, but be a blessing.